This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. Judges chapter 6. If, if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. Judges chapter 6. We're going to be talking about a man by the name of, of, um, of, um, of um, Gideon. And we're going to be talking about his life and kind of some things that he, he went through. And, you know, we started last week this series on being a warrior and what it means. You know, we know the Scripture talks about how God is a loving God. He's a kind God. He's a, um, a genuine God. He, he is uh, just, just the most compassionate God. But the scripture also talks about him being a warrior. And so I want to talk about that today and see what tends to happen sometimes, especially in men, but also women. But what tends to happen is, is we know how to put on a front. We, we say, hey, look at me. I'm, I'm strong. I'm confident. I look brave. I look like I know what I'm doing. And really behind the scenes so often our insecurities privately scream louder than our faith. And, and that's, that's why today I want to look at a warrior that I think a lot of men and women can relate to. And he's, he's called what we call a hesitant warrior. And we find this story in the Old Testament, Judges chapter 6. And to give you kind of a context, before we begin to read, he's, he's one of the Israelites. And the Israelites were very afraid. And, and for seven years, the, these people ravaged their land. They burned their homes. They killed everybody in, in their home. And so Gideon and his people, they were afraid and they were scared for their lives. And in fact, what's interesting to me about this man is that there were often times when he was really brave or he showed bravery and he showed courage and then there were other times when he would retreat and and in fact one of the ways that you'll see that he was such a courageous person was that he was the only one in his household that worshiped God everybody else in his home worshiped Baal so you can imagine the ridicule that he would get on a daily basis for not worshiping the same God as everybody else in in his home but rather he stood up for what he knew was true for what he believed in and he worshiped the one true God then at the same time, he was hiding from these people. And we're going to read that right now in um, Judges chapter 6, starting in verse number 11. And I want you to hear what it says. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash. Now look, where his son was, look at what he was doing. He was doing his job in a wine press. Now I want to talk about that for just a minute. Because first of all, an angel of the Lord came and sat up under the oak tree. Now could you imagine being in a place where you're out there doing your job and all of a sudden an angel of the Lord comes and sits right by you. What, what kind of mindset are you going to be in right in that moment? I want you to look what he was doing. He was working. He was loosening the edible part of the grain. That's what that means from the straw from which it was attached. Now I want to make note that this is usually done outside of a wine press. It's not done inside of a wine press. Here's why. If you know anything about a wine press, a wine press was a hole in the ground where they would fill this hole with a bunch of grapes and they would get in and they would take off their shoes and they would squish these grapes to get the juice from these grapes and they would create this rut where the juice would then go into and, and, and go into a, um, a vat where they made their a juice, where they made the wine. And so that's what the wine press was. It was not meant to handle the grain inside the wine press. But I want you to notice why he was there. It says to keep it from the Midianites. He was scared. 
And he was worried that they would see him. He was worried that they would catch him. So he was working inside of the wine press. So he's scared. Then, then, what, then what happens here within this story is that the angel, the Lord's going to speak to him. And he's going to say something to him that he doesn't in that moment feel about himself. And I want you to watch what the angel says. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you mighty warrior he's hiding he's afraid he's scared and the Lord seems to know exactly what we're going through and he seems to know exactly what we need to hear when we need to hear it so you have Gideon who's worried who's scared afraid these people who are known to kill his his friends and he's afraid that they're going to find him so he hides in the wine press and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said the Lord is with you mighty warrior and what I'd like to say to every man woman boy and girl in this room today that the Lord is with you mighty warrior whether you feel like it or not he's with you whether you have courage or not you are a mighty warrior why because the Lord sees more in you than maybe even you see in yourself he is a good God. And so the angel Lord comes to him and says, you have the heart of a warrior. And I want you to watch scripture because immediately when he tells him, you're a mighty warrior, Gideon's insecurities, his inner fears, his self-doubt begin to arise. Because when put in a position where you have to show your faith, sometimes that doubt tends to just creep back in and you start to question, well, can God really do it? Is is, is his word really true? Is he really going to come through on the promise that he said that he would? And I don't know how many people are here today or even watching online that have ever found yourself like this man and you found yourself occasionally full of faith and then oftentimes fear. And maybe you sometimes hesitate to act upon what God has called you to do because you're worried that you're not enough. And that's what Gideon feels like in this moment. He feels like, hey, these people are after me, so I'm going to go hide. Now, I know that the angel came, and that was kind of a cool deal to begin with. But he said, you're a mighty warrior. But watch what Gideon said. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? You see what's happening here? He had an angel come to him and just say, hey, you're a mighty warrior. Don't worry about them. I've equipped you. I, I've given you everything you need. I've put the, I've put the battle in your court. You're, in your hand serves everything that you need to win. And so you are a mighty warrior. And then all of a sudden, where, where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has what? Abandoned us. So he's gone from this mighty warrior mindset to now this insecurity deep down inside of him that I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to be enough to do it one minute high with confidence because an angel sat down and told him the Lord's with him and then the next minute every insecurity in his body arose and he questioned God's provision over his life how can we in one moment ride on a cloud of confidence and be a mighty warrior and the next minute worry about everything because I've got two truths that we need to understand today And the first truth is this. Every warrior must fight the inner fear that they won't succeed. 
Every warrior has to fight the inner fear that they, every single one, every single one of us, it's built in us automatically to fear the worst. That's what we do, and, and, and we have to consciously make an intentional effort to decide to remain positive. Every time you go into battle, you may feel partially prepared and partially afraid. Every warrior must fight their inner fear that they might fail. And I want you to watch what happens next because the angel says to him, right, the Lord is with you. You're a mighty warrior. Then he questioned God. And then the Lord turned to him and said this. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have. Wow, that's such a powerful statement. And I could stop right there. We could go home and we could be happy because, listen, the word of God states that no matter what situation you find yourself in, he says you already have the strength inside of you to deal with it. You already have the necessary tools to win the battle. Go in the strength, not that you might have or that you will have. He says go in the strength that you already have. You have it. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. And then he says a question that I think is more so a statement of power, more than so a question, when he says, am I not sending you? Now think about this statement for just a minute, okay? We have a God who has come back to him after he, he got so um, 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 dysfunctional in his mind and insecurities arose and, and Gideon replies and, 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 so, and then God comes back and he says, go in the strength you have. And then he says, am I not sending you? In other words, guess, guess what? Do you remember who I am? You, do you know this guy that's speaking to you right now? I am the mighty warrior, not just a mighty warrior. I am the mighty warrior. And if I am sending you, I have promised I will be with you. And I think we forget that sometimes, that if God has spoken to us, and if God has sent us, then he's promised he will be with us. So don't worry, you'll win. And that alone, Seth, should be enough. It should be. Because if we're to believe what the Bible says, then we are to believe that God's with us no matter what. But then watch what happens next. Pardon me, my Lord. Now here we go again. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I am the least in my family. I can hear the little um, violin playing in the background. Woe is me. An angel of the Lord just sat down next to you and called you a mighty warrior. He then said that go in the strength that you have. He said, am I not the one that sent you? And then all of a sudden he thinks it enough to come back with some excuse on why I can't do it. The Lord says, I've given it to you. Go in the strength you have. Gideon replies, I'm not good enough. See, you see the difference here in the mindset? And I want to tell you, church, this is the very thing that will often rob you from a, a potential win. 
You see, when you do what the Lord is leading you to do, he's saying, I've equipped you to succeed. I have ordered your steps. I put you in a position to win. And then we say, well, what if I don't? And insecurities begin to rise, and you'll sense God leading you to do something, prompting you. Maybe you're even supposed to share your faith with somebody you work with, maybe with a friend, and you really believe you're supposed to. But, Lord, what if he asks me a question, and I don't know the answer, and I don't know what to say next, and, Lord, I'm not prepared. And maybe you're feeling like you're supposed to start a ministry, like you're supposed to start a business, and, and we'll... What if I don't have enough? And what if it doesn't work? And what if I you know, come short? But Lord, you know, God might be leading, leading you out of your lifestyle right now into something new. You're going to be a witness. You're going to be different. You're going to be set apart just like the Bible says. You're going to be holy. Yes, God, I want to stand up for you. But what if? What if? What if? And we come up with all these what ifs. And to God, the what ifs don't matter because he says, I am the I am, which means that he is enough. That there's nothing that God can't do. But you have a man who is trying to fight this inner fear that he won't succeed. He's trying to fight this inner fear that he won't win. And let me tell you again, and I preached a whole series on this, and I'm going to hammer it again. That's why we need each other. That's why we have to have each other. It's back to, to this point because there's a lot of things in life that we are not strong enough to do by ourselves and we can't stay engaged in this positive culture. So we need each other to help us keep positive. We need each other to lift us up. We need each other to keep us from getting into what if I don't make it mindset. We have to have each other. And see, I want to make a point today that, you know, every person has a love language that they operate in. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. So just bear, you know, my wife operates best when I love her in her love language, not mine. My wife, when I love her in hers, hers is acts of service, quality, quality time, gifts. And who don't like gifts, right? She operates best when she comes home and I clean the house just because. You know, the, she, you, you see, mine is words of affirmation. I like being affirmed. I act best when I'm affirmed. What's the point in saying this? Because when my wife affirms me, my attitude changes. My attitude changes when I feel loved. My attitude changes when I feel valued. Never do I get into a mindset of I might fail because I come home and my wife says, you can do it. You can make it. You are an overcomer. You can get through this. And she affirms me. And so I go into battle like a mighty warrior because of that. You see, in our culture today, I, um, our security tends to go away with our last accomplishment. And I'm not saying it's right, it's just the way it's been. Because everything in culture says, what'd you sell today? How'd you score today? What'd you shoot today? What'd you do today? What did you make today? How much did you earn today? And we're set up to live to these unrealistic expectations. And it's real easy to come home after long, long a day of work and say, well, today wasn't a very good day. And in those moments, in that mindset that we continue to get ourselves in, that's when insecurities begin to arise and we fight that mindset of, what if I don't make it? You see, here's the reality. People will fight and stand strong and engage in battle until they're afraid they might lose your respect. 
They're afraid to stand up for you and to fight for you and to do everything you want them to do until they feel like you might have let them down. And see, that's why it's so important of why we need each other. You see, like I said, when my wife says to me, and it means more than you could ever imagine, when she says, you have what it takes, it makes a difference. And I come into battle not as a hesitant one, but as a mighty warrior ready to accomplish whatever the Lord has for me to do that day because I don't have any insecurity in my mind that I'm trying to fight There's no fear in the back of my mind that I'm trying to get rid of, but rather I'm walking into it ready for a battle. I appreciate that, sir. I left my towel back in my office, and it's hot up here. Every warrior must face the inner fear that they won't succeed. That's why we need to build each other up, encourage each other in the things of God. What are you afraid of? One of my greatest fears is not providing the way that I need to. One of my greatest fears is not being enough. One of my greatest fears is letting people down, knowing someone might not be happy with me. It just cripples me. And see, that's why we need this this warrior mindset of going into battle because here's what the enemy does. He's really good at playing mind tricks. He's really good at making you believe things that aren't there. He's real good at making you think like you're not enough. He's real good at making sure that fear will just paralyze you. And let me tell you something, perfect love, the Bible says, casts out all fear. And if I know my Bible to be true, then that perfect love has a name, and his name is Jesus. So any time that fear begins to creep in and you begin to have that mindset that I just might not make it, that's when I get on my knees and I declare war against the enemy. And I say I am a mighty warrior in the eyes of God. I will not fear, but yet you are with me. Every warrior has to fight this inner fear that they might not succeed. Number two, in Christ, this is what the Bible says, You have everything you need to not only fight, but win. Every word of that statement right there is important. Not on my own, I don't. You see, on my own, I'm in trouble. In Christ, you have everything you need. In fact, if you look at Scripture, okay, you have Gideon here who's trying to battle his inner demons, his insecurities. He, he said the Lord, you know, turned to him, said, go in the strength you have, save Israel, right? Am I not sending you? And I hope you'll understand this morning that God has given you somebody to protect. We learned this last week. He's given you someone to protect. He's given you a kingdom to advance and a battle to win. And we do have enough strength through Christ to overcome. You do have the power in Christ. You do have enough faith to win. In Him, you are strong and mighty. And the good news is, today is the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this world, but spiritual weapons that have power to pull down strongholds. We have the ability to win. You see, there's two problems, though, with this. God has given you everything you need to fight and to win because God's given you an assignment. And what happens sometimes is, our, is what happens to the assignment is it goes wrong when we're out of alignment, when we're not in our own lane, when we're not doing exactly what it is that God called us to do. Have you ever been driving in your car and your wheels, your, your car was out of alignment? What happens? It begins to pull to one side or the other. 
You see, when, when it, it, it gets harder and harder to keep it in the right lane, you see, we were all created with a specific assignment. And if we're not in alignment with the Word and in alignment with God, and in alignment with the plan God has for us, then it's so easy to get pulled to one side or the other. And here's the reality of your car. The longer that your tires go out of alignment, the, it starts a chain reaction. And then what happens, you have more to fix than what you planned on. We have to make sure we're in alignment with the specific assignment that God gave us. And then number two, okay, the second problem is, and this is where Gideon found himself. He had his assignment. He knew what he was supposed to do, but he hesitated. He cowered. You see, we do the same thing. We take our eyes off the power in Christ and put our eyes on ourselves and we fall apart in our own institute. And, and you, you'll see what, what happens next. God is saying Go fight. But see, what you might not know is Gideon might have had a reason to be afraid. He had a brother who was killed. He, had a, he, he, he already had that mindset of this might happen to me. And so that's why Gideon kind of had this, this mindset of I might not win. But see, the Lord's saying go to battle. Go attack. Go beat them. And Gideon's looking at his army and he's saying I've only got 32,000 men. I've only got 30. I, I, I just don't feel like that's enough, God. And God's going to say that is too many. You can just lay it here. He said that is too, uh, that's just way too many people. Because if you fight with that many people, you're going to think that you did it on your own. But God, I, I need 32,000. I might even need more than that. And God's saying, no, no, no. You don't know what I have planned. begins to hesitate. And I want you to watch what he says. Chapter 7, verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I can't deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave. So 22,000 men left, 10,000 people remained. And Gideon sitting here thinking, okay, I was already hiding in a wine press. And now I have 32,000. You want me to go to battle and you've just decreased them to 10,000? Watch what happens. But the Lord said, there's still too many men. Take them down to the water and I'll thin them out there for you. If I say this one shall go, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not, he shall not. So Gideon took the men. Can you... Just imagine what's going on in his head right now. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got on their knees. So Gideon's thinking, we didn't have enough at, you know, um, 32,000. Now we're down to 10,000, and all of a sudden now we got 300. Because what Gideon's about to learn is that with God, sometimes the way forward has to start with a step backward. And this is my story as a pastor. Most of you in here know my um, a battle with speech. And 
how I've always dealt sometimes with not being able to get the words out the right way. And it doesn't bother me as much as today as it did 12 years ago when I was learning how to do ministry. But I was, knew I was called to preach. And my dad gave me an opportunity to do it at the Loxley Church of God. I took it in my first sermon. I was so excited I had it all planned out. I had a camera sitting in my bedroom, and I filmed myself, and I learned that day to never listen to yourself preach. You're not, it's, just, it's just not good. So I had the camera set up, and I filmed myself, and I, I was so happy about it. Loxley Church of God, I'm ready to get it and do it. We're going to go for it. It's going to be awesome. And I get up there, and I promise you I preached my message twice all the way around, lasted about 10 minutes, and it was the worst sermon I've ever preached in my entire life. I struggled. I had an inner struggle that day to speak. I was so nervous that I couldn't talk right, that I couldn't get my words out clearly the way that I needed to. And I went home beat. I went home and I heard just this, this, this warrior spirit that I thought that I had. I heard the enemy speak. I told you. You're not enough. You're never going to be a pastor. You don't have what it takes. You don't know enough of the Bible. You can't communicate. You can't even talk right. You, you, you don't have real faith. And my insecurity screamed louder than my faith. It was a step backwards. I thought that I wasn't enough. But the Lord began to teach me that sometimes a way forward is to take a step backwards. And he said, son, I allowed you to go through it that day so that you would know that you're never going to be able to do this on your own strength. I showed you that day that you will never go into battle without first inviting me to come along with you. That you in your own power are not enough. But let me tell you something, with me, you can move mountains. So one sermon turned to two, which turned to three, five, twenty, a hundred, so on. You see, had I quit the war that day, the enemy would have won. But I had to realize that I can't do it on my own. My insecurity that I wouldn't succeed, my insecurity of not being enough arose to the highest it's ever been that day. And I took a step home and I went to my room and I cried in my room and I said, God, don't ever make me do it again. And God has a sense of humor. Because he made me do it again. And again. And again. And again. And again to that point, Paula, where now I look back at it and I say, God, thank you for letting me go through it like the way that I did. Because God knows exactly what we need, when we need it. And he knows had he not done it that way, I might not been the man that I am today. That's why every time before I preach, I ask God to be with me like he's with Moses, that he'd be his mouth, that I can't do it on my own power, but only through him. Because as a little 16-year-old boy trying to preach his first message at the Loxley Church of God, I realized Chris Holder wasn't enough, so I had to invite the Holy Spirit to come along with me. You see, that's the tool. That's why he's given you everything that you need to win, because he's given you himself. He has given you himself. You see, Gideon is here. He's afraid with all these 32,000 men, and now you've stripped him to 300. How are we going to fight? 
And God says, I'm going to tell you my plan. You can read it. It's a really great story. I'm going to kind of summarize it. So essentially, here's what God said. Here's your battle plan. Take 300 warriors. Go out there with trumpets and jars. What are you talking about, God? I'd need machine guns, and I'd need all these other things. I'm going to battle. No. Take trumpets and take jars. And I want you to toot that horn as loud as you can go and throw those jars down on the ground and watch what happens. God, 32,000 men seems real good right now. No. 300. Horns. Jars. Go. Now, it doesn't sound like much of a plan to me. As a matter of fact, if I'm Gideon in that moment, my insecurities are probably at an all-time high. I'm going against the people who killed my brother. And now you told me to go back at them with trumpets and jars. Okay. Judges chapter 7, the first part of 21. While each man held his position around the camp. They did exactly what God told them to do. They stayed in their lane. Their assignment was in alignment. They did their job. And scripture says, while each man held his position, in other words, they stood their ground. They didn't run. They didn't cower. They didn't quit. They didn't surrender when things got tough. They held their position around the camp. And when they did, all the Midianites ran crying out as they fled. 32,000 men down to 300 trumpets and some mugs. And they won the battle. Why? Because I can't do this on my own power. But I need the power of the living God working through us. I'm here to tell you this morning, you are a warrior. But you don't need to do things on your own strength. But rather, get into spiritual war. Get on your knees and pray to the God in heaven. Lock yourself up in a closet. Do whatever it takes and find your time with God. Because it's the Holy Spirit going with us that's going to win the battle. All the, Midi- all the Midianites, all the bad guys ran crying. Crying. When did God's people start to advance? They advanced when they stood their ground. They advanced when they held fast. They advanced when they didn't cower. They advanced when Gideon said, Okay, God, I'll do what you want me to do. Was he scared? You better believe he was. The Bible doesn't say it. But you go into... Um, a battle against all these men with, with, a, with a, um, some trumpets and jars and tell me you're not scared. Was he scared? Probably so. And let me tell you something. The fear may never go away. But your confidence in Christ must remain. That's the secret to winning the battle. What am I trying to say this morning? Men... Don't abandon your post. Husbands, dads, friends, don't abandon your post. We need you more today than we ever have. Women, don't abandon your post. Some of the strongest spiritual warriors I've ever met are women on the front lines. Don't abandon your post. 
the enemy will do everything he can to convince you that you're not enough, that you'll never make it, that you don't have the tools to what it takes to win. He'll have every intention to bring anxiety and depression into your mind and make you think that you're not enough, but you are a mighty warrior. The Bible says to put on the full armor of God so that what? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 